Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Dan Carson, and I'm your host and director of Student Ministry Matters. We are so excited that you are joining us as we continue the conversation about student ministry. On today's podcast, we'll be sharing an interview with Jimmy Walker. Jimmy recently had the opportunity to share at the free online SOAR 2020 conference about living the discipleship lifestyle. And I wanted to have him on to share about his life and how we could help students walk that discipleship pathway. Jimmy is a former college baseball player turned missionary. He's married to Julie and has five children. He earned his master's degree in Christian administration from Pensacola Christian College. He has taught, coached, and served as a school administrator here in the U.S. until mid-2018. It was at that point that Jimmy and his family made a big move to the Philippines. There he serves with the Bible College and works to help students become deeper disciples of Jesus Christ. Jimmy is driven by what he finds in 2 Timothy 2, verses 1 and 2. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Well, I'm thrilled to have with me Jimmy Walker. Thanks for being on the podcast, Jimmy. Thanks, Dan. Glad to be here. Well, uh, again, I'm thrilled that you're here. This is we continue the the conversation about student ministry. Our podcast is all about investing in student ministry workers, whether they are full time, part time, bivocational, or, or volunteer. Now, some of those listening may have already seen you speak in the third session of the free online SOAR 2020 conference, while others may still be considering whether to watch the videos or not. Uh, the videos can be found at gosore.com, and we'll have a, a link in our show notes about that. I wanted to give our listeners a chance to get to know you, your heart, and learn about your ministry. Uh, one of the best ways for us to know you is to start with those spiritual beginnings, those those things. Uh, would you share your call to Christ and your call to ministry, Jimmy? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, you know, I grew up in a in a church family, BMA Church, all my life. New Hope Baptist Church, right outside of Hope, Arkansas. For for many years, I sat and I heard the sermons, and I, I knew God's plan of salvation. I could articulate it back to you. But for, for many years, I struggled with understanding why I was not good enough. And, you know, my mama told me I was a good boy. And uh, so I thought that, that that was good enough. I couldn't understand my own my own sin or my own depravity. And you know, I didn't get in trouble a lot. So I thought, man, I, I must be doing things pretty good. And then it finally came to a head. I was around, I was about 11 years old at the time. And my grandfather was very influential in my life. In fact, uh, he, I would call him my my disciple maker for all of my life. Looking back, every time I spent with him was was in was intentional discipleship, and I didn't know it at the time. You know, I didn't know that was the plan at the right, time. But right. 
through several weeks of, of talking with him through the gospel, me asking lots of questions about salvation and heaven, I came to an understanding that my sin separated me from God. And, and whether, whether I was good or uh, tried to do everything right, that because of sin nature, because of what I was born with, that's what separated me from God. And he told me, even if you've done just one thing, you know, that, that, that's enough to separate you from the Lord. So at 11 years old, I prayed, acknowledged my, my separation from the Lord because of my sin, asked him to forgive me. And, uh, and he saved me then at, at, at 11 years old, sitting in my grandfather's house. Mm, man, those family members can be so powerful as, as we connect with them and they pour into our lives. What about your call to ministry? Yeah. So, uh, by the seventh grade, my parents said we're looking for something different for my sister and I, and uh, they 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 put us in a Christian school in Texarkana. It was about a thirty minute drive from Hope, so we drove over there every day. And by the time I was in the eighth grade, God really began dealing with my heart about ministry, and and I didn't know what that meant, brother Dan. You know, I. I I, I knew that I was scared to death to be a preacher. I knew I didn't know enough to be a preacher, and I didn't even like walking in front of people. And so I began to pray. I began to talk to my grandfather about that a lot. I talked with my pastor about that and really just took things slow because um, I didn't want to jump in. I've seen people jump into things and and flop, and I knew I didn't want to do that. Uh, but I began just to pray, God, what would you have me to do in in ministry? And And there was a push. I don't know if it was just in the circles that I ran in or the churches that I was around at the time, that if, if you felt called to ministry, you had to be a pastor. And there's there's more to it than that. I mean, there's, there there's, yeah. there's lay ministers, people who have been called to to just make disciples, and they, they have behind-the-scenes roles in churches. And uh, there's people who have been called to, to teach. And, and so I really fleshed that out over the next few years. And I knew I had a desire to teach the, the teachers who poured into me, at my Christian school, man, I saw their heart and I thought, man, I think maybe that, you know, maybe, maybe Christian education. And so I continue to pray about that. And just off and on through my teenage years, just seeking the Lord in that went to college, uh, came to Southern Arkansas university to play baseball. And by my junior year, um, God had just revealed to me that he wanted me involved in in some type of Christian education. So I finished my degree in teaching. I went to work at, at Columbia Christian School here in Magnolia and uh, fell in love with, with, with student ministry in, in that aspect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bible or uh, I coach basketball and baseball. So I had lots of opportunities for just sitting on the back of a bus on the way home, talking Jesus, talking through scripture uh, with students, talking with them about their life and that God had a, an ultimate purpose for them. And it, it wasn't just to, to hit home runs or hit three pointers, you know, um, but there was a bigger plan involved. And, and I found peace in, in that. And so since then, I've been involved in Christian education for the last 16 years. Uh, just recently uh, was on staff at Garrett Memorial Baptist Church at Hope as their administrative pastor there and ran their Christian school. And now we're, we're, we're starting a Christian school in the Philippines, and I'm, I'm teaching at the Bible college there in the Philippines. I love the concept that God calls people to all areas of ministry. If we try to just pigeonhole and say, you have to be a pastor, that's the only thing that he's calling, then I think we're missing something. Yeah. Um, there are so many areas, and we need, we need men 
and women serving in these these other roles, uh, Christian education especially. I mean, you're dealing with students all the time. And, you know, they might be young students. They might be older students. I mean, specifically our, our ministry, uh, Student Ministry Matters is talking about those kind of sixth to seventh graders through high school and college and um, that point of change that's in their life. But, man, a coach a teacher has such a powerful impact on those students. Sure. And so I love to hear that. You know, I, I would even say, Dan, that for a lot of these students, especially during ball season, basketball or something, I probably spent more time with them while they were awake than their parents did. <laughs> so there was there was a huge opportunity and a huge responsibility um, yeah. to make sure that, as Moses instructed in, in Deuteronomy 6, to teach them when they get up in the morning, when they walk along the wall, mm. sit down, and when they lay down at night. And so, man, I, I love I love doing that. I love spending that time and pouring into into them. Well, and I think that's important for our, the parents listening, too, that they realize how much of an influence that coach is with their student. And so you want to make sure you've got the right coach, the right band director, the right choir instructor, you know, those people that are spending enormous amounts of time with those students. Sure. Well, while being from South Arkansas, you and your family are currently missionaries in the Philippines. And that's a pretty big change, especially when you have a family. Maybe you could share with us what prompted such a huge life change. Well, I've been on VSM trips, uh, for several years, just all over the world. I traveled with brother Stan Scroggins and we took basketball teams and and did ministries uh ministry with with pastors in these countries and we went to the philippines several years ago and uh set up some basketball clinics there and did evangelism with pastors through that um the following year we took our senior class from the christian school here in magnolia on our senior trip to the philippines and did a a vacation bible school there and and that really began to whet my appetite Mm. for the philippines and just over the over the years of sitting under my current pastor now, Brother Cliff Johnson, I remember a, a specific sermon that he preached, and he he said, "You know, we need to we need to put our yes on the table and let God put it on the map. Put our yes on the table and let God put it on the map." That sermon just stuck with me for well, even until today. Um, you know I, that that God may have more uh, than just the the boundaries of the United States for us. And so when the door opened in the Philippines, when I was approached about the work there, Hey, we want to start a Christian school on our college campus. And we want you to come and, and disciple our, our college students who are going to be pastors and, and kind of teach them. I thought, man, what a, what a cool opportunity this will be to go and do that there. And, not only make an impact while we're there, but to set something up that's going to make an impact for, for generations to come. Um, so we've been there for a little over two years now. We're home on furlough, and uh, we've got this Christian school started. We started grade one last year. Grade two will start uh, this August, and we'll keep adding a grade every year till till it goes through grade 12. Is the goal to have uh, – well, so that you can help our listeners understand the, the education system over there – um, for us, we're looking at first grade through 12th grade. Is that the same in the Filipino school system? Yeah. They, and just in the last couple of years, they've added 11th and 12th grade. Um, up until then, uh, they only went through the 10th grade. So 11th to 12th grade is new for them, um, but they're requiring that now uh, to go to college. Before, you went to college after the 10th grade. 
Um, but now they're, they've added 11th and 12th grade. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, you, you kind of already touched, touched on this, uh, but what, what other sort of ministry duties do you have there in the Philippines? What are, what are you doing in, in the Philippines? Yeah. So, uh, my, I, I teach at the Bible college as well. And I teach uh, Christian growth and development, which is basically discipleship. And my wife and I spent the last 13 months with about 40 uh, young adults and young pastors pouring into them what it means to be a disciple, what it means to walk with Jesus day by day. And then how do we take what we have and give it to other people? Paul said, they told Timothy, hey, take what you've learned from me, take what you've seen me do, what you've heard from me, and go and entrust it to faithful men who will do the same. And so we see discipleship, uh, not only discipling them, but but discipling them on how to disciple other other people. And so that's been a, a huge part of of what we've what we've done over there. Of course, as, as missionaries, you know, we're we're constantly uh, looking for ways to evangelize. And so we'll go out with our, our groups from the college. I teach an evangelism class, and uh, we'll we'll spend the first six weeks in class just talking about how to have a clear presentation of the gospel, uh, how to answer questions that may be thrown at you. You know, the Philippines is a, has a very strong Catholic tradition. So there's a, a lot of questions about works getting you to heaven. You know, how do we answer those questions? And then those last several weeks of the semester, I'll take these students out and put them in pairs and we'll just go and practice. We'll go and meet people where they are in the parks and just, hey, can we can we share our faith with you? Can we share what, what Jesus has done for you? and uh, give them an opportunity to practice that. So evangelism and discipleship are, are really those two biggest biggest ministry things that we're involved in there. Jimmy, I know that you moved over there with, with a family. Yes. Um, uh, how is your family adjusting to life outside of the U.S.? Well, and maybe you could tell us a little bit about Walker Wednesdays. Sure, uh, that's sure. something I ran across as I was uh, getting to know you a little bit. Yeah, so we've got five kids. Uh, Judd's 15, Adley is 12, Nolan is 11, Emery is 9, and Silas is 6. And so when we begin prepping to move and just sharing with our kids from the very beginning, hey, we feel God may be calling us to do this, and uh, we begin to expose them to what it was like in the Philippines to kind of give them a taste of what it was going to be like when we got there. And then and once we got there, we felt that it was important that they not be drugged there, but that they be a part of the ministry as well. I don't believe that God calls a man to be a pastor or to any ministry without calling his family to, to serve alongside him too. And so we want our kids to play a role in, in the work there as well. And they have adjusted well. Man, uh, of course, they're they're like little celebrities over there because there's not <laughs> a whole lot of white kids, American yeah. kids there. So everybody's looking at you. Everybody's wanting to touch your skin or Get you hear what you what you sound like with your English compared to the, their their uh, accent with their English, um, but they've they've done well. And one of the things that we did, um, as you mentioned, to give them a piece of the ministries, we started a a little video called Walker Wednesday, and you can you can view that on our our Facebook page at Gospel to Philippines Gospel T O Philippines on our Facebook page. And what it is, it's about a six or seven minute little video um, that they shoot. Uh, once a week during the school year, during the school semesters. And we'll we'll talk about Filipino culture. 
Uh, we may go to the market and do some videoing. We may talk about the animals that they have here, the, the fruits that are available in the Philippines or whatever it may be, just to educate other kids on what it's like to be in the Philippines. And then we'll have uh, a short devotion or a Bible verse that we'll talk about at, at the end of, of that video. And really what we wanted, what Julie and I wanted, was for people to see that that missionary kids are just regular kids. You know, we're not these mystic creatures that have everything figured out and they're they're perfect. Right. You see families they come, they bring their their they come to your church and they're missionaries and you see these kids, and you think, oh man, these kids are perfect. Well, ours are not. And uh, and we want we want them to see that they're just regular kids like everybody else and they can share their faith. We always want to give them through Walker Wednesday, the encouragement to hey share your faith right where you are, be a missionary right where you are, and we believe God can use you to do that. So it's been good for our kids; they've learned a lot through Walker Wednesday, and we've had a good response from people in the states too that that watch those watch those videos as well. We have in, interviewed Brian Reisner, who is a missionary to Romania, and his three kids do something similar too. Yeah, and it is. Yeah. It's a really cool thing to see, and it gives us uh, an insight and keeps us connected with those those kids as they grow because there'll be so much change physically and emotionally over the years. And, you know, spend two two years away before you come back for a sabbatical and boom, they're completely different people. (laughs) Yeah. So let me ask, what do you guys do for fun as a family when you're when you're not teaching or doing a Walker Wednesday or, you know, what does fun look like in the Philippines for you and your family? Yeah, Dan, I'll tell you the, uh, the sweetest time in my life was probably the first four months when we, when we got there, we had, Julie and I had gone over three or four months before our move to secure a place to live, to get electricity and internet and everything set up. Well, when we got there, uh, that August or that July, there was there was no internet at the house, and so I'd call the internet place and hey, you know it's going to be next week, next week. Well, it ended up being about four months before we had any kind of Wi-Fi or any kind of TV or anything, and so even communication back home was limited because we'd have to go to someone's house that had Wi-Fi to to call back home, and and it really gave us I don't know time at night as a family. Um, mm. I didn't even have here. Um, you're, you're busy with sports and kids are involved in activities, but there were no activities there for us to get involved in. And so it really helped to, to cultivate and to establish a priority of making sure that that ministry did not rule out family time as well. So we, we did board games, dominoes, you know, we went on walks. We just get in the car sometimes driving and, and exploring, hoping we wouldn't get lost in the city. We'd go down to, there's a, a, I don't know, about an hour, about hour drive from our house. You can get to a, a pretty nice little beach there. Uh, we went down there, but we really, we really did a lot of exploring. Um, we wanted them to to see everything. We, you know, I don't know how long we're going to be there, but uh, we wanted them to see these things uh, that the Philippines have. We go up in the mountains there of the Philippines and see things there. It's it's pretty inexpensive to travel from island to island in the Philippines. Right. Um, right. So you can get a you can get a flight for you know fifty dollars you know to a, to another island. And so we we've, we've explored some of the other islands, but yeah, just uh, just being together. Uh, as a family, we took our baseball gloves over there, Dan. There's very little baseball over there, and the people in my neighborhood they come and stand and watch us play catch because they don't they don't know what's <laughs> what, what, what 
doing, I guess. Um, so yeah, just stuff like that, uh, hanging out, playing games and, and having a good time. Well, you mentioned that you were a basketball coach. I was watching something recently and it showed that basketball has taken a big leap forward there in, in the Philippines in popularity. Do you, do you see that? Oh my goodness, Dan, there's, there's basketball goals all over the place. <laughs> a rim on the side of a tree, no backboard. I mean, or, or just a, a piece of a tire that's nailed to a tree. So they have a hoop to throw in. Basketball is huge. Um, they love the NBA. It's kind of a, a pride thing to have a, a basketball jersey from the United States over there. A lot of kids you'll see, they'll have a, a, a basketball jersey they'll wear. Yeah, basketball is huge uh, wow. in the Philippines. Well, again, I wanted our, our listeners to have an opportunity just to kind of get to know you, your heart, what's going on in the Philippines. Um, it is it's important for us to be able to do that and to be able to communicate that with our students, that we have missionaries that are serving in all parts of the world. And whether it's Romania or the Philippines or Africa, God is using people, people like them even, in other parts of the world. And so that's uh, that's part of my desire is is this uh, to see students go out, whether it's on a VSM trip or a church trip or they have the ability to see how God is working in other places in the world. Right. Well, at SOAR 2020, I saw this desire to help students embrace the life of a disciple. And that was, as you shared on your video. Uh, so what are some of the marks of a true disciple that we might be looking for in our students? If we're trying to evaluate, hey, where are they at in this process? What are some things that you might be looking for? Yeah, uh, you know, this word disciple, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a Bible word, but it's become a church word and we use it a lot. And I think that, I think that a lot of times we just assume that everybody knows what that means, that everybody yeah. knows what a disciple, what a disciple is. And, and I know for me, when I remember hearing those stories as a child in Sunday school, you know, after you're saved, you'll become a disciple. And I kept waiting, Dan, for this, this thing to happen, you know, like, when do I when do I receive this discipleship thing, whatever it was, and and you know after salvation, I, I nothing nothing magical took place, and uh, and my grandfather uh, taught me, and I've had some other men in my life that have, have poured into me in this that discipleship, me being a disciple, is me pursuing Jesus and me pursuing Jesus daily. It's not something that happens one time a week. It, at youth group on Wednesday night. It's not something that happens one time a week at, on a Sunday morning service, but it's me pursuing Christ in, in all areas of my life. And, and to answer your question, or just, just some marks of discipleship, John 8 says that Jesus said, if we, we, if we abide in His Word, then, then we are His disciples. Well, if we're going to abide in His Word, we have to be in the Word. We have to be in the Word daily. All scriptures breathed out by God. So these are God's words for us. And if we are truly followers of Jesus, then we have to know what Jesus taught and what Jesus expects for us to actually follow after him. You know, as as a student pastor myself, uh, it can be a challenge to get students excited about the word. But if they want to to know Jesus, then They've got to know the word. Uh, one of the great things in your video was people are always asking me, and I'm sure they've asked you as a ministry leader, what is God's will for my life? Well, yeah, we have God's word. <laughs> he <Yeah>. shows us. <laughs> and, you know, it's it doesn't say, Dan, I want you to do, 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 but he does say, Dan, I want you to 
love people, uh, love me, and make disciples. I mean, it's it's pretty straightforward, and it gives us this this great area that we can work within. Yeah. Uh, but the, the 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 important things are the important things. They they don't change at all. I was just my my son and I, uh, but my two oldest sons. I take turns taking them once a week, and we spend a couple hours just at breakfast, just talking through life and what's going on, struggles, uh, you know, every, whatever whatever they want to talk about. And um, I take that time just as a portion of our intentional discipleship with them. And I was I was telling my Nolan, who is. Um, 11, he, he want to know, dad, what's my purpose? You know, what am I supposed to be? And I was sharing with him, I said, well, we can find our general purpose in God's word. Uh, we know the way he wants us to live. We know the way he wants us to conduct our lives. We know what he wants us to do. And if we are doing that, then he will reveal our individual purpose, our individual calling mm, to us. I that's believe. good. That's good. I don't think, and I'll, I'll tell students this, look, don't expect God to give you some grand revelation when you're not spending time with him. He may be speaking to you right now and you can't hear him because you're not listening to him. Well, you shared a great acrostic that I, I think will help student ministry workers as they seek to help students walk that discipleship pathway. And it's centered around that word that you've already mentioned, abide. So in brief, you know, what does that stand for? Yeah, so I, I love word studies in the Bible, and and there's a words there's, we always run across words, especially in the King James sometimes that we don't use, right? Even in the ESV that we don't use in our everyday conversation, and one of those words is the word abide. And I had a gentleman just several years ago um, really just break that word down for me, and with this acronym, and he he said the A could be just summed up in admitting the A admit. Admit that you cannot do it on your own. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. And the sooner we understand that, the better it will be in our Christian growth. And Dan, you know, in, in America, uh, we're always taught if if you work hard enough, you know, it's, it's the American dream, work hard enough to get to this. But I can work as hard as I can. And, and never achieve anything when it comes to the Lord if, if he's not if he's not in it. So we have to admit that on our own, we can do nothing. The B in abide uh, is just simply be committed to obedience. Uh, be committed to obey what God's word says. And for us to obey it, we've got to read it. We've got to know what it says. And so I'm always encouraging uh, students. Uh, I did through the Christian schools and even my own children um, that, Hey, read something every day. Read something every day in God's Word. And don't it doesn't have to be a certain set. You don't have to get through the Bible in a year or anything like that. But just read something every day. And when you see commands in Scripture, obey those commands. It's, it's just that simple. Just do what God has told us to do. And the I, this is the one that I, I typically spend the most time on uh, talking about it. It's invite Him to be Lord. And many people will say, well, Brother Jimmy, didn't, didn't I do that at salvation? And I'll say, sure, you, yeah, you invited him to be Lord, but has he always been Lord? Has he always been boss? And I'm not talking about losing your salvation. You know, we, when we're saved, we're, we're saved forever. But has, has Jesus always been boss of our life? When I think about the, the word Lord, I think about the word boss or master. And I would admit that there's times in my life when He's not boss or mm. I'm, I'm making my own 
decisions or I'm not seeking him. I'm just going to go and do this and and ask him to help me later or ask him to help me get out of a jam after I do something I, I, I shouldn't have done. And and we need him to be Lord. And I always give an illustration that if 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 my heart had a chair sitting on it or a throne in it, and if that is the rightful place for Jesus to sit, there are probably times in my life when I start pushing a little bit on Jesus to get out of that chair because I want to do it my way or I want to do what I want to do. And I know I know I probably shouldn't do this, but I really want to because everybody else is doing it or whatever it may be. And God's not going to sit there and push back sometimes. Sometimes he'll keep pushing. And then when that happens, of course, conviction comes through the Holy Spirit. And I realize, hey, Lord, I'm sorry. This is your chair. You are the rightful person to sit on the throne of my heart. I'm, I'm sorry. You you are Lord. And so for me, this is this this can be a daily thing. Lord, I want I want you to be Lord over everything today. I, I give you I give you ownership over everything in my life today. And so make him invite him to be Lord of your life. The D depend on him, depend totally on him for everything. Um, no matter what it is that we're doing, we need to depend on him. And then the E just expect him to live his life through you. If we are filled with God's Holy spirit, if we're filled with God's Holy spirit, then there should be the overflow of Jesus in in our life. I was preaching last night in revival in Bodcall, and we run across a text in Acts chapter four where Peter and John were brought before the Sanhedrin, and uh, they they said that they perceived that these men that were uneducated and ignorant, they perceived that they had been with Jesus because of their boldness and because of how they were speaking and talking that they had spent time with Jesus and and they could see that Christ was living his life through them. That boldness had to have come from someone. So the E is expect him to live his life through you. Well, Jimmy, I appreciate you sharing that. It's a it's a pretty straightforward, but man, powerful. As they say, that'll preach. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as we share that with with students and and share with others that are that are in our lives. And so, l- let me ask you this: We've got these things that that we've just talked about, and and even looked at the marks of a true disciple. What are some ways that you've encouraged students to embrace that discipleship pathway? Yeah, one I say to to engage in a reading plan. Um, whatever works for you, and then set a time for that. And and don't let anything interrupt that time. I mean, I know there's things that come up sometimes, but you know what? I, I, I was telling telling my, my, my oldest son just the other day, I said, if, if you had something that you really wanted to do, you're not going to let anything get in the way of that. You know, if, if yeah. you have a date with your wife's schedule, Brother Dan, you're not going to let anything get in the way of that. Well, Bible reading and spending time with the Lord should take priority over everything else in our life. So even if it means waking up early, even if it means, hey, I need to get up 30 minutes or an hour early when this is a time that will never be disturbed by anything else and set that time apart for the Lord. Maybe for some people it's night, they're night owls. But I would say if you don't plan to spend time with the Lord, then your day is probably going to be filled with other things. And then you're, you're going to get to the end of your day, be wore out. And maybe God gets the, the last little bit of you right, right. As, you're, as you're falling asleep. So, so making it a priority 
spending time reading, spending time praying. And I also encourage students to do this because a lot of times our prayers end with amen. Like after I get through talking, I'm mm-hmm. done. Um, yeah. But prayer should be a two-way street. We we should pray, and then we should give time for for God to for God to respond, and just to just in our spirit to hear to hear from Him. You know, sometimes that's longer for me than other times. Um, but I, I want the Lord to speak to me. I want to hear what He what He what He has to say. And of course, He speaks to us through His Word. But I think that He speaks to us through His Holy Spirit uh, as well. So, man, just just setting aside a time. And, and not letting anything get in the way of that, I think, is going to be a, a huge priority for students wanting to grow yeah. in Christ. Yeah. If they can embrace that idea of being intentional, and they can do, do a lot of things in life, but they can really see some growth in their spiritual life yeah. if they do that. That's right. That's right. Sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm in my car by myself, and you know, when we're in our car, we're, we want to listen to radio or songs or whatever. For me, a lot of times, just that quiet time riding in the car, um, there's no radio, there's nobody in there with me, is a great time to spend time talking with the Lord. And for a lot of our teenagers who are, who are driving or who are going to be driving, man, use that time on the way to school. Um, mm. Turn the radio off and just and just spend time praying about your day. And, you know, Lord, help me today or, or lead me to somebody today or point me to somebody in the lunchroom to sit with today that needs to be encouraged or whatever it may be. But, I mean, that's a great time, too, uh, to spend time with the Lord as, as well. So it works for me. Yeah, it's a, it's a great time. I actually had a youth worker, um, one of my volunteer team, that told me his what he did was every morning on his way into work, he had about a 20 to 30 minute drive. He would... Uh, start his prayer, and but then he wouldn't close his prayer. Not the same way that we might close our, our, our normally in Jesus' name, Amen. And finish, he just left it open so that he would keep that conversation going with God all day long. Yeah, I thought that was a great way for for us to to approach it. So, well, Jimmy, again, thanks for being with us today as we continue talking about student ministry and seeking to help those that are looking to impact the next generation for Jesus. If someone wants to get in touch with you to learn more about your ministry, uh, what are some ways that they can do that? Uh, well, through our Facebook page, our ministry page, I mentioned okay. Gospel to Philippines, Gospel T-O Philippines. Also, my email is bmabcphilippines at yahoo.com, bmabcphilippines at yahoo.com. Um, I'm sure that if you would like to learn more about that ministry, about uh, Jimmy's wa- uh, Walker's work in the Philippines, you reach out, um, visit their Facebook page. You can see some of the Walker Wednesday videos, which are great. And so, Jimmy, again, thanks for being with us. And if you want to know more about, about Jimmy's ministry, be sure and reach out. Helping students embrace the discipleship lifestyle is tough, but man, it is worth the work. Why? Well, because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.